Welcome to For the Record with Daniel Fontaine, where we focus on civic and urban issues impacting New Westminster and beyond. For the Record puts it on the record, when and where it counts. Now let's begin. So I'm here this morning uh, with Kathleen Carlson. You might recognize that name, Kathleen Carlson, because Kathleen ran with the New West Progressives during the 2022 civic election. She ran as a school trustee candidate and came incredibly close. So close, it was literally a handful of votes. She came out of the last spot and it bounced around all night. So I'm very pleased to have here with me on the podcast today, Kathleen Carlson. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you, Daniel. I'm very happy to be here. So Kathleen, uh, perhaps for our listeners, I'm going to start off by saying a very, or asking you a very simple question is, who is Kathleen Carlson? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I am a wife and a mother first. I'm blessed to work with children, having taught dance for and movement for more than 30 years. We live, our family lives together in Massey Victory Heights in New Westminster with our teenage son, our cat, our dog. We enjoy spending time with family, friends, neighbors, and community members. I also love children. I love the outdoors, being active, and most of my spare time is spent volunteering. Now, I understand from our discussions and looking at your bio that your volunteer record includes a lot of involvement with with PAC and with DPAC. And um, for those who aren't familiar with that, that's the District Parent Advisory Councils and the Parent Advisory Councils. Tell us a little bit about why you got involved in that. Like I said, I love children and I'm an involved parent. And I believe in helping wherever and whenever you can. I had heard a number of parents standing outside the school talking about issues and I asked if there was ever any, anything written in paper. Have they ever written letters? Have they ever brought this to the attention so that action could be taken? And I realized that parents were kind of afraid to do this. So I thought, well, let's, let's rally together and let's make things better for all kids. And that's really how I got started. So Kathleen, uh, you, as I alluded to earlier, you ran in the last election. You came incredibly close. Uh, Danielle Connolly ended up, your colleague with the New West Progressives, ended up winning again for a second term, which was amazing. That's fantastic. So Trustee Connolly uh, is now serving her second term. Very few politicians get what they call a political (laughs) do-over, and you are now facing a do-over, and that uh, is a direct result of a former Community First trustee, DBD, who I believe had been in office for at least one term, possibly two, I can't recall, but I know at least one term. And we um, both heard, as did the community, some incredible allegations that came out from a parent in New Westminster who um, spoke about uh, online, effectively online bullying from someone on Twitter named, I believe was Alan Witherstone or Weatherspoon or something like that. And this person was attacking parents attacked the BC Teachers Federation, the union, uh, was attacking myself as a city councillor and other political folks. And they made an allegation that this was actually not a real person, that it was someone else. And we eventually found out that it was in fact Trustee D. Beattie herself who had created 
Community First trustee DBD created a fake Twitter account for a number of years and had created this whole new persona. So Kathleen, when you first heard about this, I'd like for you to go back in the memory banks. When you first heard about the allegation, what did you think? Well, Daniel, I'm going to be really honest here, and this may not be the answer that others would give. I was not surprised. The reason I was not surprised is because I have been attending school board meetings. I've been attending school board meetings and education policy and planning meetings, operation policy and planning meetings, DPAC meetings for more than eight years. Those who've attended the school board meetings in the last four years will have witnessed the bullying behavior. It happened often. DBD had a pattern of a bullying behavior. And to be honest, she was not alone. There has frequently been two to three others joining in this behavior at school board meetings. Just an example, I had to correct misinformation that Ms. Beattie was giving, stating that she had attended a, a PAC meeting at a school where I was the PAC chair and that she had given a report. I did have to correct that to state that she was actually not at that meeting and did not give a report. Um, her attitude and response to me was less than polite. Mm -hmm. Another example was when she, and this was a recent example of when she accused me of recording a meeting. A meeting which was already being recorded, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I had picked up my phone to look at a message and she made a public accusation and was quite aggressive towards me, which is absolutely unacceptable. So again, to me, it was not a surprise. I find that for friends and community first teammates to not notice this behavior is unbelievable. Unless, of course, this behavior is also their normal behavior. So just for those folks who are not from New Westminster, I think I might put this into context. So what happened was that the parent exposed and found out that um, Ms. D. Beattie was running this fake account. This fake account was attacking, as I said, a number of parents and other political opponents, um, teachers, etc. It was then uh, Ms. Beattie denied that she, yes. uh, at the initial stages, denied that she was Alan Witherstone. Her political party, Community First, said they were going to investigate. I want to talk to you a little bit about that in a moment. But they said there was going to be some kind of review or investigation. And then within, I believe, 48 hours, um, Ms. Beattie eventually <clears throat> resigned and admitted that she was, in fact, this Alan Witherstone person and then went on a, on a paid medical leave for, I believe, a, a few months and then subsequent to all of that has now resigned. And that was all in the media, so it was yes. all over the province, etc. Yes. So your initial reaction, you weren't surprised when you heard the allegation. Now, what, what went through your mind when you actually heard that she had resigned? Uh, no, so not, not resigned, but that she was admitted that she had done this and was leaving the school board on a, on a leave? Well, first, Daniel, actually, I'd like to, to mention how proud I am of the courage and strength that it took for the local parents to do, to do the investigation, 
Um, they had been bullied and harassed for a very long time. Instead of retaliating, uh, instead of uh, closing the door and ignoring it, they, their due diligence, their courage to come out and to actually find the proof that it was in fact DBD behind this is it's a great example to all of us and it has given courage to others to come forward and to be open and honest about what's happening at, mm. at all of our meetings. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to give a shout out to, to those two parents. They were fantastic. 100%. And yep. yes. And how do I feel about DBD resigning? It's about time. Thank you for doing the right thing. Well, it took it took a few months. It so did take I, you, a few it's months. It's very gracious of you to thank her for doing it. But uh, there are a lot of members in the public who were just outraged that she continued to receive pay. And then only after, I believe, she sold her home, moved out of the community, uh, was there an announcement to the school board in early September that she had stepped down. Kathleen Carlson, so few politicians get an opportunity to do a do-over as quickly as you will, a uh, little over one year past the general election. How are you going to convince voters on a rainy, cold day sometime this winter? We don't know the date yet, but how are you going to get people to get out of their homes, into their cars, on their bikes, or to walk down to the polls to vote for effectively an alternate voice on the school board? What are your thoughts on that? You know, Daniel, it's been a very difficult year for the school board. It's been one issue after another making headlines in the media. We need this to stop. The focus needs to be on those that are in the schools, not on those who are entrusted to govern it. This election can send a clear message. I don't believe that community first candidates should be voted in. Poor behavior, bad decisions, these should not be rewarded. To put it in terms that I would use actually with my students is, I believe that community first needs a timeout. And, and what is a timeout? It's a time to reflect. It's a time to educate yourself, to learn to be better, to get better. So really to be clear, when I win this by-election, there'll be two strong alternate voices on school board, but Community First will still have the majority. Even when you vote for myself, even when you vote Kathleen Carlson and the New West Progressives, there will still be a majority. There will just be two strong advocates, two alternate strong voices on school board. So I do encourage everybody to come out and vote. Now, Kathleen, going back, so now you're running, so you're going to obviously you have a platform. You're going to be putting forward that platform, I'm assuming, over the coming weeks and months to, to the voters of New Westminster. But one of the things you have been calling for, and I touched on it earlier, is that investigation. We did not get an investigation on the DBD affair from Community First. They dropped it. And the school board has now incredibly said that they're not going to investigate the circumstances around Ms. Beattie. And you hinted very loudly that there might be a pattern of behavior here larger than just simply Ms. Beattie. 
Why are you in the DPAC, because I know you were involved with the DPAC prior to stepping down, why is the DPAC and yourself and others, so many parents, still calling for that investigation, both by the school board and community first? You're right. I'm actually not part of the DPAC executive anymore. anymore. I did the right thing and stepped down to avoid any conflict of interest. Um, and again, I'll go back to, I did the right thing. So you ask, why am I interested in an investigation? I really believe we all need to know the truth. Honesty is the only way to go. We need to we need to know moving forward that the right thing, the right decisions will be made. We need to know that this behavior will be stopped. Mm -hmm. And I only believe it can be stopped if an investigation is done, an independent mm -hmm. investigation. So I cannot speak for DPAC. Um, I would let you maybe have them on here <laughs> for, for an interview asking them. So I cannot speak on behalf of DPAC. Um, I can only speak on behalf of myself, and I really believe truth and honesty, it needs to come up. So if you are elected, your commitment to the voters in New Westminster, if you're elected as a trustee, that you will bring forward a motion uh, calling for an investigation, a full investigation as to what happened, and, and for that investigation to be made public, so that public, the public, parents, public, teachers, yes. everyone can... Okay, so you're, you've made that commitment? Yes, I have. So switching gears a little bit, um, just around uh, your candidacy. So you're, I, I've known you for not a long time, but I, I have known you for a while now, and you are very much an independent thinker, uh, and you're independent-minded. But you are also you work amazingly with a team. You've you did a you did a great job with um, the newest progressive team last year. You told me recently that a lot of people have said to you that that you should have ran as an independent. Yes, um, I got that I want, a lot. I want to, yeah, I want to explore that with you a little bit. And and uh, why do you think that that position is a bit flawed to run without the New West Progressives and run as an independent? How do you think that'll that will turn out for the independents in the upcoming by-election? Well, Daniel, I really don't believe that an independent is going to win. Uh, it there's a a big machine. <laughs> which is unfortunate. We're talking about the school board and that's really, we're talking about those in the school and that should be first. I, what really drew me to the New West Progressives was the fact that we're all independent thinkers. We actually do not have to be part of any political party. Now, that is that, is that Kathleen, let me stop you there for a moment. Uh, it's an important point. So if you're, if you're running with the community first banner, do you have to belong to a political or a federal political party in order to be part of community first? Well, Daniel, let me tell you this. I was actually approached by community first to run with them prior to the fall 2022 election. And I asked that exact question because I did not want to be told how to vote. I want to be able to vote for the people who I've spoken to, to the community. Uh, so when I asked this question, I was not given an answer. I was basically ghosted. Future investigation, uh, I did find out that you do have to be an NDP member to be part of Community First. And I think that's a wonderful point to make because as a city councillor, obviously with the newest progressives, one of the things I've really enjoyed uh, in running now in two elections 
is that there were candidates that ran with us that were with the Greens, some that were NDP. Uh, we had NDP supporters all over the city who were telling us we need a fresh voice, a new voice. There were conservative. It was all over the map. And I loved it because they all came to us and said, we're interested in putting actually putting the city first and city issues and schools first. Yes. And we don't want this provincial and federal political party stuff to get in, intermixed with the civic. So that is what I also appreciate a lot with the newest progressives as well. So I'm glad you've, you've touched on that as well. And that, that's something that attracted you. That, that was the big draw. It was absolutely the big draw. Well, and that and the team is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now going to some of the issues, uh, you've got your campaign brochure has been printed. I know you're out on the doorsteps, you're knocking on doors, you're going to be out there talking to folks. Uh, tell us in, in, in less than a minute or, or so, <laughs> I know, keep it succinct because I know we're going to run out of time soon. What are one or two of the key issues that, that um, you're expecting to hear in the doorsteps and things that you want to kind of advocate for as a new school trustee? It depends upon what part of the city you, you go to. Um, I'll start with Queensboro, and the reason I'll start with Queensboro is because I have been advocating when I was part of the DPAC executive more than five years ago for transportation. Uh, I, I advocated for them prior to the MLA who's there now. I continue to, um, and when I say I, I mean we. I've advocated, I, I was the voice, I wrote the letters, but I had an awful lot of support, and again, it was what we heard from the people. Um, so I would continue to advocate for what was promised, which was a free, dedicated school bus for all of the children in Queensboro to get to school. So what ended up happening with that commitment? Because I know that was just a recent announcement. So how free is free in, in Queensboro for that uh, particular school bus? I'm assuming free means free. Not in this case, Daniel. <laughs> so what, what does free mean? Maybe could you help define what free is for the students of Queensboro who are now about to sign up for the free school bus? How much will it cost them per month? Well, I'll tell you, when, when I asked about this, I, I was told by Mr. Singh that it was a compromise and it was $30 per student per month. $30 per student per month. That's considered a free bus. And it is only for two and a half years. It's a pilot project. So Kathleen, it's okay. Just let me stop you there for a moment. It's a pilot project for only two and a half years. So it's yes. not a permanent funding. Is the funding coming from the Ministry of Education then? Have they approved it? Did they review it and provide it to the school district? And then we can, you can, we can lobby together to the Ministry of Education to continue that funding? It's funny you ask that because there was a school board meeting last week and we asked that specific question. The answer we received was the money came from the NDP caucus. Now... Again, I will be the first one to admit, admit I'm not a political person. I'm always put, I put the kids and those who are in the schools first. But this didn't seem, it just didn't seem right to me. And I did continue to ask, where can we advocate 
if, if we want sustainability, we need to know where to advocate and we need to know, we as the parents need to know so we can work together with the school board mm -hmm. and with the district. It, it shouldn't be everybody separately trying to figure things out. We should be working collaboratively. So just to help me, uh, help our listeners through this. So the funding came from the NDP caucus. That Those were the words, I believe, those that the staff... Those were the words yeah, that we heard at the school board meeting. So when you hear that, that you the funding came from the NDP caucus, where do you think you have to go now to keep it sustained? Daniel, I have no idea. And... The parents have no idea, and that's why we asked. Well, we'll hopefully get a response to that <laughs> question. I know it is a bit intriguing, and even for myself, a political watcher of many years, I too uh, raised an eyebrow when I heard that the funding came from the NDP caucus, and apparently it went from the NDP caucus budget to the Ministry of Education budget, and then that was then uh, transferred or, or, or moved out to the school district. So. I think the staff said the check came from the Ministry of Education, but the funding and the decision was made by the NDP caucus, which even further confuses and muddles, <laughs> muddles the issue. But anyways, we'll leave it at that because I think that um, that is a bit confusing and it's still an emerging issue and I'm sure we'll get more details on it as we go. So Kathleen, we are quickly running out of time, so I, I want to have a moment or two to have a bit of fun with this interview as well as getting into the policy and the, and the, the, the more deeper discussions. But uh, tell us something, tell our listeners something about Kathleen Carlson that they may not know from your public uh, persona and your, your public life. What may they not know? Well, I did tell you that I enjoy traveling. Um, I've been traveling from the time I can remember uh, a lot of the traveling started through dancing and through being in a band. So many people probably don't know that I was in a band and traveled through Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Okay, just a moment. You were in a band? Like you were actually in the band? Like I played saxophone and clarinet. <laughs> yes, I did. I did not know that. See? There you go. <laughs> and we played in the beer fests in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. And many, many, many years later, I met a Swiss fella, and my husband is from Switzerland. When he met me, he asked me if I had ever been there, and I had actually been right in Schaffhausen by the Rhinefall near where he grew up. Isn't that ironic? I did not know that about you, and I bet you a lot of our <laughs> listeners did not know that about you as well. One thing they, they may know about you, though, um, and I uh, had this experience firsthand when I was on the doorstep with you back in 2022 when we were uh, door knocking, is you were always referred to when the, the door would open, and I it never ceased to amaze me that so many people knew you, but when the door would open, they would say, hi, Miss Kathleen, hi, Miss Kathleen, and I finally I went over to, and I think I looked at you and I said, why does everybody call you Miss Kathleen? Like, I didn't understand. So tell our listeners why you referred to as Miss Kathleen. Daniel, that's my name. My name has been Miss Kathleen from the time I was 17 years old when I got my assistant teaching certificate. Being 17 years old and being an assistant teacher, the name Miss seemed appropriate, especially when you had another Kathleen in the class that you were teaching. So it stuck. It, it's a, a name that is me. It just is who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you say that, Daniel, because I worked in Caresdale for many years, and one of the people there asked the workers, 
well, why do you call her Miss Kathleen? And they answered the exact same way I do, because that's who I that's am. Her name. That's my name. That's awesome. No, I, I will personally attest to the fact that there were a lot of people who referred to you as Miss Kathleen. You had taught their kids um, dance and were just so connected to them. And But what we did talk about after the election and after you just came so close and, and almost won that seat is, I remember you reflecting and you said so many people that had opened that door and had said to you, Miss Kathleen, we're supporting you. You talked them after the election and they had not come out to vote because they thought, of course you're going to win. Of course you're going to be in the top seven. What's your message to those people today as we're heading into a by-election? Get out and vote. <laughs> Please get out and vote. I appreciate your support so much and I appreciate the fact that you had so much confidence that I would make it in. And I do. I really, really appreciate the support. But it can only get in there if you get out and vote. Yeah, and you did come, just for the record, you did come, I think, a couple hundred, maybe. You, you probably remember the numbers more than I do. What, what? I needed 338 more votes, Daniel. 338 <laughs> more votes in a population of 80,000 people within the city is probably very attainable for you. So, Miss Kathleen, thank you so much for joining me today. You're my second guest on For the Record uh, for this podcast. It's been really a pleasure to have you here with me uh, in the studio today. And I wish you all the best of luck. And I know that there is a ton of community support out there for you. I know I'm supporting you. I know Councillor Paul Minas has. And I know Trustee Donnelly. We've all been very vocal about why people have to get out and vote. And even if you're not... Uh, supporting Kathleen, just please get out and vote. It's very important that we have a high level of voter turnout. Uh, By-elections traditionally have a very small number of people show up. So thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Daniel, and congratulations on your podcast. Thanks so much. You're listening to For the Record with Daniel Fontaine.